Hi, Moneymakers. Sebi and Josh here. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into this episode, please share and help our ministry. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends, your family. Hey, if you have enemies, (laughs) share with them as well and everyone in between. Now enjoy the episode. So on today's episode, we have two guests, my sister, Sisan, and my friend, Doing. Typically, we've always wanted to hear your opinions about what the previous episode is and get some really good feedback. And whenever I answer your questions, I feel like a lot of people have the same questions and it would be great if they heard the questions and the answer on this episode. So Doi, take us away. What are some questions you've been having concerning any previous episode we've done or just questions in general about the stock market? So on your, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, um, So my question is pertaining to your last episode, actually, you were kind of breaking, breaking down, you know, how to go about getting more information about a particular stock in that episode, it was Apple. Um, But my question specifically is what is considered a low P.E. ratio or high P.E. ratio? And um, the second part of that question is, what P.E. ratio should someone like me, who is a very new investor, be looking for? Perfect. Joshua, do you want to answer that question for us? Sure. And I mean, I think that's a great question because many people try to ask that, like, okay, Google, Apple, Facebook, is the P.E. ratio high or is it low right now? And I think my answer to that would be it depends. So typically, if you read many finance textbooks, what they'll tell you is that a P.E. ratio that is under 15 is considered cheap, while P.E. ratio that's above 18 is thought of as expensive. But the truth is, if you go and look at stocks with P.E. ratios under 15, you'd be like, huh, so that is why it's that cheap. Yeah. <laughs> because many of those companies are in dying industries. Many of them are like oil companies that are making losses for years yeah. and they don't have any capital expenditure. However, if you look to the upward of that, that spectrum, there are some companies that have P.E. ratios of 500, 400, 300. And the truth is that Tesla, which is one of like the best stocks in the stock market, has done so much, returned so much for, it, for its investors. Every quarter, the better they do, the more the P.E. ratio reduces. So let's go back to what the P.E. ratio is, right? The P.E. ratio means the price to earnings ratio. And what it seeks to do is to compare the current price of that stock to the earnings per share. The formula for it is share price divided by earnings per share. And earnings per share is simply how much the company is making per common stock they have outstanding. So when you look at it, even let's say a stock has a high P.E. ratio, what that means is that compared to what price is trading at, they're not making that much money. But there's a reason why it has that high P.E. ratio. Many people believe that, huh, you know, in the future, we believe that even though they're not making money now, at some point in the future, these people will start making money and the reward is greatly. And that was the case of Tesla. There was a time Tesla's P ratio was about a thousand. And that is just ridiculous. That is very, very expensive. If you read the textbooks, they tell you that P ratio above 18 is expensive. Now imagine a P ratio that is about a thousand. That just means that, man, these people are just paying for hope. But if you look at, for example, the performance, the chart of Tesla, not just the price, the earnings, they've kind of prove their doubters wrong because their earnings have been going up 50%, 100%, like it's nothing, especially in this 
environment where many companies have the sales, the revenue slowing down. Like Tesla is just going to the moon every time with their earnings. When you look at their website, most of the cars they haven't sold out. And like their new blockbuster car, the Cybertruck is not even out yet. Yeah. So back to doing this question, if you want a strict textbook answer, P ratio under 15 will be cheap. A P ratio above 18 will be expensive, but there's more to it. You want to see what industry the company is in. Yeah, I, just to like piggy bank off of that, I like the last part where you said it, it's very industry specific. And that's what I was actually going to lead with. For me personally, I like investing with tech companies because of their high growth potential, which is why tech companies are in right now. And for somebody who is trying to build their wealth early on, I want to invest in something that can give me a higher percentage of return because when you're looking at companies that your P ratio is less than 15 or in that range, I think Apple is currently around a 20 something. That's their P ratio. Yes, they're still growing, but they won't grow as much anymore, which is why I tend to move over to higher P ratio. What I personally try to do is compare the P ratio of that company to the average or median of the P ratio in that industry. And what do I mean by that? We know what average is, right? The average P ratios in that industry. And also the median, because you know, you're looking at oh, greater than 50% because averages might be skewed a little bit. So I compare it like, okay, if the average in that industry is 100 and the median is maybe 200 and Tesla, which is going around, I believe 178, it means that, oh, Tesla is actually not doing bad when you're comparing it where you're comparing it as specific to its industry. But when you compare it to like, okay, the entire market, like, you know, 500 stock size from very different industries, they might be doing worse off. But when you look at it in terms of their industry, they might actually be doing better off than their pairs, you know, compared to like Shopify or other companies. So that's how I would say you should utilize PE ratios. So the first question was, what is considered a low or high PE ratio and how I would, like what I should be looking for. And I think you specifying that, like comparing it to like the industry average and the industry median would actually be really helpful. Cause if not, I would just be looking at numbers yeah. and not really be knowing, you know, what I'm looking at. So yeah. thank you for that. And so the other question is now explain again, what the dividend dividend yield is and why it's important. Yes. So once again, let's, I like looking at stuff by the formula because we know what goes into it. So the formula for the dividend yield is the annual dividends per share divided by the current share price. Basically, what we're trying to see is of all the earnings the company is making, how much is being returned to shareholders in fashion of dividends. And many investors who are older prefer to put their money in safer stocks that would give them dividends rather than the, the high growth tech, they'd rather put their money in Coca-Cola, rather put their money in Procter & Gamble than put their money in maybe a Tesla or a Google. And I think for dividend yield, the average range is between four to 7%, a range that, okay, if a company is giving between four to 7% dividend yield, that is decent, that is a good income compared to the average. However, you will see some companies that even give higher than that and some companies that give lower than that. Once again, it goes back to what your goals are. If you just want to come that will give you that cash flow, they might not grow that much. Their stock price might be flat for the whole year, but guess what? They're going to give you 4 to 7% in the way of dividends. However, there are some companies that maybe they'll give you 3 to 4% in terms of dividends, but the stock price will appreciate a little more over the year. 
And there are some companies that they even give you way higher than 7%, but typically these are companies in dying industries because they're like, man, you know, we're in this industry that is dying. Nobody's going to use us anymore. The best way we can keep investors in our stock is to increase and pay, pay out more dividend. So those companies, they might pay you 10% dividend, but their stock might even be red on the year because they're not growing their earnings anymore. They're paying out everything in dividends. So I guess just have to kind of like find your mix. You, you want something that will give you a little bit dividends and also a little bit capital appreciation growth, or do you want something that will give not too, too, not too much on the dividend side, but will grow very well? Or do you want something that is in a dying industry, but will give you high guarantee dividends? So you just have to make your pick somewhere. Seb, you want to say something about that as well? For sure. I think for me, when I'm investing because of where I'm at now, I have the opportunity to take a little bit more risk. So dividends are not really my number one priority, especially with my income. You know, when you're having around five figures, the dividend is not that much, probably a few hundred dollars. So that's not enough for me to be like, oh, I would rather dividends. But compared to like Apple, for ex uh, Tesla, for example, that I invested in, I have over 100% return. There is no dividend that the best dividend giving company that would have given me the same return for the amount of shares I bought because I invested in Tesla. So I think that Maybe when you're a lot older and your income grows significantly, I feel when you're having like uh, six figures is when I think that the dividends actually has more value for you because they're actually giving you you know good income. But like when it's still like around that five figure range, you're like, okay, it's a few hundred dollars. Great. It can help me, I don't know, buy a shoe or something, but it's not enough for me to be like, oh yeah, I'm making so much money out of dividends is what I would say in terms of dividend giving stocks. Good to know. Good to know. Thank you for explaining that. Um, and so my next question is um, going back to the Robinhood app. So once I get on the Robinhood app and I'm looking for stocks, I see this um, trending list. Mm -hmm. How would you advise that I navigate this list? Perfect. I think navigation of that list is very budget specific. So obviously in that trending list, they'll give you like top 100 stocks to investing, uh, top 10 stocks and all that good stuff. And they will put a bunch of stocks there. So obviously if your budget is like a thousand dollars, for example, Tesla is probably going to be in that list, right? And if you only have a thousand dollars, you can only afford one Tesla. So like Buying Tesla might not be the best use of your money, but maybe if you bought maybe Square, which is like a hundred dollars, or Apple, which is like a hundred and something dollars, that would that would give you more shares, more bang for your buck in good industries. So how you would navigate for me, or at least how I navigated that list was okay, what's my budget? What are the leaders in this industry or second to or fifth, you know, top five in this and, and they're on this list. And that's how I started doing my research based on those numbers. So as my budget started to increase, I started to look at more expensive stocks, but I would recommend starting from there. Like how much do I have? What companies are, what, what are these companies doing? What is their growth rate? Use what we talked about in our previous episodes. Like you filter those companies, right? Then once you do that, then you can start investing in them. But my, my strategy is always like how much you have because you want more value for your money. But Joshua, do you have anything to add here? Yeah, definitely. Great point. You know, talking about sticking to your budget and really evalu evaluating what stuff you can afford. That's very important. I think the only thing I'll add to that is 
one thing I do whenever I see stocks trending, I want to know the reason why, because that way you can read a little bit more about it. For example, whenever stocks have their earnings announced, they tend to be more volatile. They'll go up 10% or down 10% or something. And there's a good chance that you'll see those kind of stocks on the trading list. So I like to, if I see a stock maybe up 40%, oh, why is the stock up 40%? Go read about it and that way you are educated. For example, let's say they're up 40% because they did really well with their earnings. They, they gave great guidance. You might not buy at that point, but look for a time when the market is weak. Mm-hmm. The market is weak. You come back and say, okay, this is a great stock. They're growing, growing their earnings tremendously. Let me start a position here. So one thing that that training list does for me, helps me create um, awareness for more stocks that I don't even know about. Yeah. You know, for example, Nike have they have their earnings on Monday. Do we have their earnings on Tuesday? There's a good chance that at least one of them is going to end up on that training list because they'll make some kind of outsized move, whether up or they're down. So it also just increases your knowledge base for so that, huh? You know, this stock is on trending list. Why is it trending? And to just help you increase your aptitude and knowledge about the financial markets and companies. For sure. I think knowing that why is very important because I know a lot of people invested in like GameStop and AMC because it was on the trending list and it was something like momentary. So you want to make sure that what you're investing in, it's not like a fluke. It doesn't, it it won't just go away. It's something that is sustainable because like we use this example all the time, like sanitizer companies, if they were on the stock market, you don't want to invest in that because after COVID or the demand for hand sanitizer, is it going to be this high? So you don't want to invest in that, but it will be on the trending list because a lot of people are either trading them as options or trading the stocks in general or buying a stock just to amp up their portfolio, but they plan to sell it. So like, I think that trading list, when you do that research, it will guide you on like, how long do I want to even hold this particular stock for? Yeah. Speaking of like GameStop, do you know GameStop is back under $100 and AMC is $50 now? I know. As, as a point of reference, in 2020, GameStop went, went as high as $400, I think even over $400. Yeah. Now look at it back to $90. AMC went up to almost $80, $90 and it's back to $15. That's why we have to be very careful, especially with this short squeeze fad stocks. Sisen, you have a question for us? Yeah. So um, you talked about how the stocks you buy really depends on your budget and like um, and I guess like the how much you're getting for your money. So a stock like Amazon, for example, that's um, supposed to like split. Would you recommend investing that since like it's going to like end up splitting and you could potentially like make more for your money? That's a great question. So I think it goes back to what you think about Amazon. If you think Amazon is a great company that has potential to grow, typically what we see with stocks is that when they're about to split or just when they split, they tend to go on a huge run because there's more liquidity. For example, if you look at Amazon, Amazon is right now is about, I think it's 2,900 and something, almost a $3,000 stock, if not more. And many people cannot afford it. And as a result, it doesn't trade that well. It's not very liquid compared to a stock like Apple. So typically when stocks split, more people buy it. So if you think, for example, the market has bottomed or you think Amazon is just, just has so much potential that it can grow, there's nothing bad in going to buy a share of Amazon right now ahead of the split because there's a good chance it's going to run sooner or later because of that split. So do splits generally like help um, like the company or... Does that like could that potentially like help the stock? 
Yes. So the reason why many companies do stock split is because they believe their companies are doing well. They want more people to have the opportunity to, to hold that stock. Google did a split as well about last month when they announced their earnings. And the reason why they do this is that they want to increase the liquidity so that just as we're saying, people can afford to buy a share of Google for $200, $300 because now very few people can afford you know, a $2,000 or $3,000 stock. However, only majorly strong companies do stock splits. There's another thing called reverse stock split, but we won't go into that. But generally, we know that typically when companies are doing very well, they believe they're growing, they want to increase the shareholder base. That's whenever they split stocks. However, if you look at, for example, look at the day when Google announced the stock split, the stock was up almost 20%. As expensive as Google was, it went that high. But it sucks due to the poor market because market was going down, we lost all its gains. But typically, whenever a stock splits, when a, even if you look at NVIDIA, which is a semiconductor stock, it went on a very huge run when they announced a stock split. So generally, stock splits are bullish for a stock. Perfect. That's those are really really good questions. And just to clarify, Google announced their stock split. They've not split yet, but they've announced yeah. it as well. And they do do a lot of run up. You also see another example you give is also Tesla. Whenever they announced that split, they started running up to they eventually split. So for me, rather, I would personally rather buy after the split. But that's just my own personal preference. After that run, it could potentially get a little cheaper. But that is all the time we have for today and all the questions we can potentially take. I hope this helped clarify whatever questions you were having and would set you up to be successful investors. It definitely did help. Thank you guys so much. Pleasure. Thank you guys. Have a good one, guys. Bye.